You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. This uh, this week, we're going to deal with a pretty um, sensitive topic. We're going to deal with the homosexual, transgender, gay, lesbian, all that kind of stuff this week. And if you have kids, we would ask that you just be sensitive uh, to them. And uh, we're, we're not going to be rude or indecent, but we're going to talk about this very plainly. And we want to make sure that you understand that. So before your kids listen to this, if you're a teenager, please uh, maybe have your folks listen to this with you um, so that we handle this properly. So just want to be careful with that. So say, having said that, uh, speaking of dealing with people, um, you know, tenderly and gently, Brother Wolven, welcome to Tim Talks as always. Yes, thank you very much, my dear friend. How are you doing, buddy? Doing awesome. Good, good. good. Another great week uh, for me, for you as well, I'm assuming. Amen. Amen. Good. Very, very good. We had a great Mother's Day service here at the church. Nice. It was, it was really delightful. We really, really enjoyed it, and uh, so <laughs> this was hilarious. A lot of times, my mom is not feeling well enough to come to church, so she was able to make it to church Sunday. And this year, instead of giving out gift cards like I normally do, four gift cards and wide ranges of topics i always try to find some interesting way to honor different mothers i gave out so winners new testaments and my mom won two of the four (laughs) and of course then we start the week of airing of uh favoritism and nepotism right there (laughs) right there oh man well, I have to tell you that in my travels this last week, I was in Maslin, Ohio, and I was uh, I was at the 50th anniversary of Maslin Baptist College. Uh, that was neat. Amen. Got to see our old friend uh, dear, uh, Phil Clayton and uh, saw a number, of, number of great friends. Brian Dalkey was there. Brother Dalkey was there, and uh, saw him and his dear wife. Yeah, his graduate. Yeah, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised at the number of people that came up and said, "Hey, we listen to Tim talks." A lot of the students there. Uh, awesome. I've had the uh, privilege of teaching a couple classes for Brother Phil and uh, said, hey, we're listening to Tim Talks. And so that was awesome. Then I went out to the Six Nations Indian Reserve here in Canada and uh, some folks there, hey, listening to Tim Talks. So it's uh, it's a growing audience. So thank you very much. I appreciate that and uh, touches my heart. So had a great, great revival at the Six Nations Indian Reserve here in Canada. I've not preached out there for 25 years. Uh, I've not been out there for probably 20 years, and uh, wow. it was great to be back. Uh, a lot of the folks remember the folks. They remembered me. A lot of the teenagers um, used to preach to them all the time. Now they're grown. Exciting to see them. So, yeah, some great, great times. So, good week. So, do you know the names of the Six Nations? Um, I don't. I can't remember all of them. I know there's. Uh, yes. Oh man, there's uh, Mohawk for sure. Um, oh, we looked them up too. That's terrible. Yes. Oh, <laughs> just I want to say Huron, Mohawk. <laughs> uh, name the Great Lakes and some animals, and you got them. 
<laughs> yeah, probably Seneca. Yeah, something like that. So I, I'll look that up. I'll look that up while we're talking. So I have that. So uh, maybe Iroquois. Iroquois, because uh, many of the early tribes that were in that colonial east right. were sort of pushed away, and they settled there in Canada. That's right. That's right. Uh, you're absolutely correct. Um, so yeah. So some great folks, great, great meeting, great response. So I Amen. I loved it. It was really, really good. So great group of people. And that's that's uh, maybe a topic I'd like to do sometime. Some of the special needs groups that we have in our countries, not special needs, but specialized people is probably a better way to put that. That um, just unique, unique people, people groups. groups. Yeah, that's exactly it. So that would that would definitely be one of them because there, there are great people um, with a tremendous history, but they're un, they're misunderstood a lot of times. And I think um, it's just, it, they're hard to reach because they're different than we are. And both of us understand that and both recognize some special uh, circumstances that need to happen if that's going to work. And I think we could say the same maybe in the black community. We could say Hispanic community. Um, I, I thought about you know, dealing with people that have uh, physical handicap or mental handicap, some of those things. I know that handicap is an accepted word today, but um, I, I think that'd be kind of a neat thing. So down the road, down the road. Yeah. And, and of course, the world has it all wrong. The world thinks of colonization. Yes. And we always think of evangelization. Right. So we're not trying to westernize an Eastern group of people. We're not trying to um, make an indigenous people group unindigenous or something to that degree. What we're trying to do is give someone the gospel. The gospel changes people from within and makes all of us brethren. Absolutely. Okay, I'm looking this up here. Six Nations, demographically largest First Nations reserve in Canada. As of 2017, a total of 27,276 members uh, 12,000 of whom live on the reserve. So there's a large portion that don't. Um, so the tribes that make it up are the Mohawk, Seneca, you were right, Oneida, Cayuga, Onondaga, and Tuscarora. So hmm. uh, yeah, there you go. So Mohawk okay. being the biggest for sure. And yeah. you were right. The Iroquois um, did come up and assimilated into those tribes. And I think, yes. so kind of cool. Neat, neat history. So, awesome. Amen. All right, so this week, uh, going to deal with uh, somewhat of a sensitive topic uh, for some. I just had some dear friends come to me and say, we have some heartbreaking news for us. Uh, one of our children has indicated that they have chosen to live the homosexual lifestyle. Raised in a Christian home, good, solid Christian home. Uh, shared the values went to the Bible camps, went to Bible college, and came out and said, I'm, I'm going to live the homosexual lifestyle. And heartbreaking for the parents. And very concerned about sure. how now to move forward with that. Forward, forward with that. How do we deal with that? What, what do we do? What do we say? You know. And the hard part is the Bible makes very clear, and we'll look at that a little in a little bit, but the Bible makes very clear that God is not in favor of that. God did not create us for that, and so there's a problem. What are some of the problems that you see arising as a result of a a good percentage of people in our populations that claim to be homosexual? 
our society has um, become more and more carnal, more and more wicked, uh, more and more um, physically uh, uh, just centralized and, and focused on the physical. And anything that gives pleasure is good now. And anything that withholds you from pleasure is wrong or evil now. And so one of the things that I look at here is that, number one, lust and sexual attraction is real. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing we, we want to say. Well, listen, God didn't make you that way, and that's the end of discussion. Mm-hmm. But but I, you probably have, I know I have dealt with, over 42 years, I've probably dealt with a dozen people who admitted an, a, a sexual attraction to the same sex. Mm-hmm. And we would deal with it scripturally and, you know, honestly. And the Lord, as far as I know, uh, you know, not in contact with a couple of them, but as far as I know, they've all gotten victory over that. Yes. But it's something they're going to continually have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. It's something that, you know, even though they may have addressed it when they were a teenager or a young adult, if they're 45, 50 years old, they still shouldn't be working in, you know, children's ministries or something like that. Whatever it may be, you still have to set up those guard guidelines and, and guardrails for yourself. But it is very real. Just because the attraction is there doesn't make it right. Correct. Let me ask you, and I have an answer, but... Why why do people even start or how do they find out that they have that attraction? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of somebody who would say, I struggle with alcohol or drugs. And I know it's different. I know it's different. But, I mean, for a person to say, I became an alcoholic, is there a point where we say, I'm really attracted to beer? I just I just can't stop thinking about it. And, you know, it just draws me. It, where does that sexual desire come in the heart of a person who's born and and we believe there is there's only two genders to be born into male and female and are all people born with the the same sexual drive or are there people born with a different sexual drive what do you think on that oh they're they're born different because the bible says that there are some that are uh eunuchs by choice And some that are eunuchs by birth, and I forgot the other classification that it gives. So, right. um, you know, get it, so there are some people that just do not have a high sex drive. There are some people that have just the way that they are, the person that they are. They may be attracted to the same sex. That that doesn't mean that you immediately have to classify yourself as a homosexual, right. or a transgender, or or whatever that may be. Right. And so th- that there is, there are some people that that is something they just recognize, they deal with. What I think is the biggest problem is the idea that uh, experimentation, the idea yes. of someone looking and grooming and choosing. And I, I know we're we're in a mixed audience here, mm-hmm. but but if they wind up at some point finding out that something is pleasurable yes. they seek the pleasure again yes. 
Yes, very, very well said. Um, let me give you this statistic. I think this will help a little bit. I looked up for Canada. I didn't look for the United States, but I think this is going to be very similar. It says this, Canada is home to approximately 1 million people who are LGBTQ+, 2+. Plus. So there are 38 million people in Canada. One thirty-eighth of our population claims to be homosexual. An estimated 1 million people in Canada are lesbian, gay, bisexual, or other uh, sexual orientation other than heterosexual, representing 4% of the Canadian population. Right. Now listen, aged 15 and older. So that tells me that the largest population of this group is under 15. Among this population, about 52% are women and 44% are men. Look spe looking specifically at gender diversity, about 100,000 people in Canada are transgender. 100,000 of 38 million. Um, uh, of the 100,000, sorry, I should say there's 100,000 uh, total. 59% are transgender and 41% are non-binary, accounting for 0.33% of the population aged 50, 15 years and over. Among transgender people, 53% were women and 47% were men. So 0.33%. Yeah. 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 Not even not even half a percent. 0.3%. Right. But how much have we given to in time and effort and money to that percentage group of our population? Unbelievable. Yeah, it's a, it's a desensitization process. Right. I mean it's just uh, over an an overabundance of that to make it sound like it's natural, make it sound like it's common, right. to make it sound like there's many, many more people than what you think. And the greatest majority of people probably are. They just don't want to say. I mean, they love throwing those. Now, if we threw in statistics like, oh. well, X percentage of people are vocally against abortion, but there's really a whole lot more than that right. that just don't want to say. Right. Yeah, I mean, boy, they would hit the roof saying, how can you say that? Right. So I think those numbers are inflated. I don't think those are accurate. I think they are high. Um just by my experience. Now, I do live in a rural setting. I think it is more popular within the city centers. But I think a lot of it's teenagers who, as you said, are experimenting. They are, they are so inundated with sexual things today via the television, internet, movies, uh, games, video games. There is so much. And then I think it's become kind of the new groove it's the new thing you know it's popular and people will pay attention to you and people will placate you and all of those things and so let's be a part of the you know the emperor's new groove and let's let's be homosexual and try it or say that we are so that people are more accepting of us i think that is a big big part of it oh yeah and you got to make this point because you are sexually attracted to someone it is not the basis of making your decisions. Correct. We do not make our decisions based on the fact of whether we're sexually attracted to somebody else. If so, then why have marriage? Mm -hmm. You know, is it possible that a husband or a wife may ever at some time be sexually attracted to somebody else? Yeah, of course it's possible. Yes. That's why you set up those fences and, and uh, safety nets to where you don't do that. You, when that begins, at the very beginning of an inkling of a feeling like that, 
you run away. Mm-hmm. You you do things to stay away from that person. You you have to stop it then, because it is possible. Otherwise, David would have never sinned with Bathsheba, and on and on and on all through right, the scriptures. Right. We it's the same thing. So so, what for me was very easy, is just addressing this topic, transgenderism, uh, homosexuality. Dealing with it the same way you deal with somebody who's a heterosexual and married mm-hmm. or unmarried. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole idea is you don't have any sexual relation with someone to whom you're not married. So that's either before marriage, it's uh, during marriage. And so uh, God does not recognize marriage of the same sexes. So that's just the law you got to get in your mind is within the framework god says that the that the physical relationship with within marriage is honorable i mean that's an interesting statement Mm -hmm. that it is honorable in all but outside of that it defiles a person and it defiles a society right i know a lot of people will say this but they're nice people they're super nice people um, it's my daughter, it's my son, it's my neighbor, it, it's my coworker, and, and they're just really nice people. And so that seems to dissolve what yeah. God says. And I've told, I told hundreds of people, fine, you want to know how nice they are? Tell them that they're, uh, it's against the uh, word of God. Right, right. And see how nice they remain. Right. Well, I've known people, you know, you watch TV and they say, this guy was a mass murderer. And they ask the neighbors and say, he was such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He was, he was a great guy. I, I would never have dreamed. So that's not the qualification. The scriptures, we've got to go by the scriptures. And yeah, and amen. I'm telling you, the, the homosexual crowd that I've dealt with hate the scriptures, hate. I mean, if we get a complaint about putting a John and Romans in a mailbox, I'm telling you, it seems like... Better than 50%, probably closer to 60% of the people that hate it have some kind of connection to homosexuality. And you say, how do you know that? Well, I contact them. I look them up. I find them. And most always there's some kind of association there. The scriptures, that's where we've got to go. Yeah. Amen. Genesis one twenty seven. so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Right. That's the basis. That's the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, um, you know, evolution, the uh, theory, untested and totally inaccurate theory of evolution, is the basis behind so much of so called science today. Right. It is really sickening. And the idea is you can grow into this, mm-hmm. you can evolve mm-hmm. into this. This is not new. This is not nope. new. Now, the the uh, products by which someone can distort themselves are new, but this whole idea is not new at all. No. no, Sodom and Gomorrah. We go back to Sodom and Gomorrah early on in the Bible. God God left man to his own device, and it led to corruption of sexual things and, and perversion. And the thought of Lot offering up his daughters to satisfy the the whorish men of Sodom. I mean, that's just that's not natural. And that's that's where the book of Romans comes in and talks about natural affection in Romans chapter one. Um, 
God gives you know people who change the image of God into a lie, the worship of God into a lie. Then he says in verse 27, likewise also men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemingly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was me. And that that was the AIDS epidemic years ago when this thing really started to take off. And then verse 28, and even as, uh, sorry, let me see. Um, uh, lost their place. And receiving themselves, okay, verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, and that's we see that obvious, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness. And then it talks about women doing the same thing, women leaving that natural instinct of the desire for a man and the love of their children, their babies. And we see that in the abortion crowd today. So we are we are living Romans chapter 1. It's evident around us. Well, it, it's a process. It really is. If you look at verses 21 to 23, the very first thing is they changed God into something yes. else. And so that's the first problem. They changed God into something else. Verses 24 to 25, they changed the Bible into something else. So first of all, God. What is God? God now is just someone who loves. That's all. It's not someone who's holy. It's not someone who's righteous. Not someone who's going to judge sin. It's just an entity that loves. Then they changed the Bible into something else. Changed the truth of God into a lie. Oh, listen, you can't trust that. That's an old archaic book. Uh, everything in there is just, uh, you know, homilies and, and uh, metaphors and similes. And, you know, you can't really believe that. The third thing in verses 26 to 27, they changed men and women into something else. Now it's just one of many genders, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the last thing, verses 28 to 32, they change right and wrong into something else. Uh, morality, they, the, to change morality, and that's that progress. You, you first starts with God, then it goes into the scriptures, and then once you do away with those things, and it's been a long attack in our societies, now once you do away with those two things, you can change men and women into something else. And then by the time you get to the last point where we are, is they're changing right and wrong into something else. And I'm telling you, the push and the motivation is, number one, trying to sexualize children in elementary school. They want children in elementary school to be sexually active, which will then lead to lowering the age of consent to basically five. Yeah, yeah. What a mess. What a mess we are in. And simply because, but that, go ahead. I was going to say because that's a foundation. It, that's the foundation. Every young person, every young adult, you've got to use the Bible as your foundation, not experience, not uh, what somebody else said, not not looking at this person and saying, "Well, they seem so nice." The Bible must be our foundation. Always, always, always. Hey, our time has slipped away. I'm going to leave it there, and uh, we'll come back on Wednesday. And uh, 
we've already discussed a little bit before we've uh, you know come on today. We're, we're going to look at Wednesday how to help teenagers who are experiencing this, going through this, dealing with this with their friends, how to answer their friends on these things. As adults, it's going to be the same answer, but specifically with teenagers because it's it's a real it's a real movement in our teen. It's an issue. Schools, yes, it is. Colleges, it's it's a real concern for them. And they have a hard time fitting in, number one. Number two, you know, trying to uh, find their way, their own way sexually. And then, you know, putting putting their salvation into the mix of this whole thing and trying to win their friends to Christ. It's, uh, it's a tough thing. So we're going to look at that on Wednesday. So great topic. Um, difficult topic for many to deal with. Uh, many who are listening will know somebody who has made that decision to become a uh, homosexual become become transgender and and I know there are people who say well they were born that way well I, I could be born with the propensity to do drugs but I have to say no it's not right I'm not going to do it and if I do it then I have to choose so that's where we stand on that so that's where we're at I'm Al Stone I am in St. Thomas uh, for just another day and then I'm heading your way uh next week brother Wolven Amen. as we record this I'll be with you and we'll do some face to face recording that'll be great can't wait to do it. Amen. And uh, looking forward to a great meeting with uh, Brother B.J. Van Ammon in Pickerington, Ohio. I'm Al Stone. This is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio. Please make sure you give us a rating, a review, and make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. This is Tim Talks, and we'll be back on Wednesday. Get ready. And again, we will give the warning again on Wednesday. But uh, this week, entire week, we'll be dealt with this, uh, dealing with this topic and uh, maybe sensitive for some of our younger listeners. So be careful and uh, prepare for that. But have the conversation. Have the conversation with your kids about this. They're going to need to hear in the days ahead how to deal with these things biblically. This is Tim Talks. Have a great day. Eh? You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.